Welcome to Pop Culture Hill. Good morning, Claire. I'm Siobhan. <laughs> Good morning, Siobhan. I'm Claire. You may be listening to this in the morning or the afternoon. You also may be noticed that we have a little bit of time between episodes since we've posted. Uh, look, you know, Siobhan, I love you. Life I happens. Talk to you. Life happens. And um, that's essentially it. Until this podcast is not written in the stars, unfortunately. So uh, until me undies play- pays us in underwear, we uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> this is the move. Although my mother did call me and and say, can you ask Hank where the podcast is? <laughs> I was like, mom, first Hank. of all, I was like, first of all, you have his phone number. Second of all, <laughs> I wish it were Hank. I wish we could be like, God, Hank has just been sitting on two golden eggs of episodes. <laughs> I mean, to be it fair, was he not. was also very, Hank, um, in a pop culture related thing. I don't know if he'll want me to, we'll talk about it. He went we'll to South by it. Southwest and one of the pop culture related things, it was not pop culture related, but one of the things he brought back was full, full size samples totally free of the Jonathan Van Ness hair care line. And so no, I, are you kidding? No, I have like the whole set that and Brad Mondo. I want both of those (laughs) so bad. Uh, The, so I haven't tried the, so it's like shampoo conditioner and they're, they're full size in that they're like real size, but they're not like tubs. Right. Of this stuff. So I'm keeping the shampoo and conditioner as like travel ones. And then there's an air dried cream, a mask, and a hair gloss. Wow. I know. I, I mean, like, I use, I've been using pros. So it's not like I'm skimping on the hair care over here. I shouldn't I, be, I should I, not be using. I um, am really a person who does not really care what kind of shampoo and conditioner I use. And it's a, it's not great for me. It really <laughs> doesn't work out. I don't know. Your hair well looks me. fine to okay, me. Well, currently More than it's fine. It looks under great. a hat. No, but the tails, they look so like luscious. They look very luscious and um, like shiny and healthy. Listen, Jonathan. And not split. JVN hair gloss. You uh, are doing like a whole house of Gucci moment for me. (laughs) I don't know why I feel like that's what the inside is. The nicest thing I've ever heard. The white on Um, white. Thank you. I do think a neutral like visually says rich to me. Like... (laughs) Like if you're wearing just all like bland, just bland clothes, because well, tailored. like the thing that's nice about them is how they're made. Like there's yes. nothing showy about them except for that. Everything is perfect. And it costs a trillion dollars, which I'll be honest, a dream. That aesthetic. is true luxury, a dream aesthetic. Like what's the point accomplish. of wearing like a completely beige outfit unless you can tell just by looking at it that it's how the good most the perfectly is. made article of clothing from top to bottom. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. A dream aesthetic that I simply will never accomplish. I mean, like, I do think it's funny thinking about the way my style has changed. And I know yours has too, Siobhan. Like, I feel like you and I, I definitely had very distinct phases in my own fashion. And I will say one of the like topical conversations on the internet right now is talking about the twee era. And I, oh, I was so fucking twee. Oh my God. I had shoes. I cannot wait to tell you the shoes that I had. What did you have? I had like somewhere between a creeper and a, and a Mary Jane that (laughs) had cats on them, but they weren't just cats. They were lavender cats with turquoise eyes. And I loved those shoes. 
my God. Man, the, the subsect of twee shoes is one that I do not think gets discussed enough. Like I had a pair of shoes that I wore too long, right? Like religiously that were like kind of a coral pink and um, patent. So they were like really shiny. And then the inside was like more of a peach and it was like a Mary Jane or like a 1950s shoe with a kitten heel. And I was like, look at me go. And I wore with my little collared dresses that I had, my little collared dresses, little Peter Pan skirts, like um, I did. Oh my God. I was big into thigh high socks. I was like, yes, I, you were Tumblr era, baby. Let's go. Oh. Um, and they looked not good. I mean, like, <laughs> I, here's the thing. Some of that, tw- I, I, as a Zoe Deschanel coloring woman, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that shit worked for me. So I was very tweet. I think I'm attempting House of like Lady Gaga, House of Gucci aesthetic, I think would be a dream. I don't think I'm cool enough to pull it off. Sounds but, new. Uh, me, but I appreciate it. We'll see. Uh, you know, comment if you think I should I have House of Gucci vibes. I have to say it's it's partially on my mind because Corey and I started we started the Hulu show last night, but um the aesthetic that has been forever ruined for me on a certain level, but I wish it hadn't because it truly makes the most sense is the Steve jobs. Um, (laughs) but, uh, we just started the dropout and I just feel like Elizabeth has given it kind of a bad rap now. I mean, you know, I love a black turtleneck. I love a black turtleneck. It's, and it's just like having like a simple wardrobe that is just like, I mean, the cartoon character thing, right? Like (laughs) <laughs> done Dexter's laboratory where they yeah. he just opens his closet in a bunch of episodes and it's yep. just like all this I love it I love it <laughs> it just oh, makes yeah. sense on a particular level I mean yeah I think the elevated quote-unquote version of that is like a capsule wardrobe which is also a thing I'm just never gonna do I'm it's so do hard it. how do it's you so know hard. that all the pieces are gonna work together unless somebody else tells you like I don't understand how people's brains work that way yeah. Mine certainly doesn't. I'll be like, okay. Or I'll like think I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to try to do. And then I'll go buy something that is completely out of this imaginary aesthetic. But I'm like, oh, but it's so cute. Yeah. It's like, well, you just, you know, you fucked yourself, Claire. That's a you problem. Yeah. I'm like, or I need like 18 of these things. And it's like the whole point of the capsule wardrobe is that you, you don't, it's less only, spending. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Can't man. One day I'll get there. One day, someday we'll be able to really have a honed sense of style. Maybe in our forties. Maybe. Okay. I have a question for you. Hit me. You posted some, some, something that some might say were some fight in words oh, on Instagram today. You said, oh. <laughs> if she wins the Oscar for this, I'll scream. Is that the quote? I think I said, I'll be pissed. And this is regarding Jessica Chastain in um, the eyes of Tammy Tammy Faye. So Claire, who should win the Oscar and for what? Okay. This is a great question. Let's Um, fucking go. We maybe should talk about this off camera, but do you want to do like uh, the Oscars on a Sunday night? We can record the Monday and then release an episode. Should we, I think podcast logistics is great to talk about on the podcast. Cause I do yeah. want to talk about the Oscars, but I have not done the research to do it today. Um, all right. Let me, you see. mean the so most we... arbitrary voting system of all. No, I'm kidding. It's not that arbitrary, <laughs> but it is. So, okay. So this is what I think is that I, first of all, have you watched eyes of Tammy Faye? No, 
Okay. I have That's fine. Um, I don't, I would love for you to not it's, it's not worth it. If I'm being honest with you, she is probably the best part of that movie. And that is not Oscar worthy Mm. for me. She produced this movie. It's very much a passion project for her, which I really respect about Jessica Chastain. Um, But I watched it and I was like, I think you want to do a musical. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're doing this movie. Cause she sings so much in it. Um, (laughs) And I know that's a big part of Tammy Faye, but it really, for somebody who like, pitched this project for her to act in. I was like, Oh, you, you really, like, you feel good this? about, you feel good about the fact that <laughs> something you can... that you should not feel good about. Well, no, she's really good. It's just so I was like, Oh man, this feels like really obvious to me. Um, and I think the movie is not that great. And I think she, she did a very good impression and I'm not a person who thinks an impression is worth an Oscar. Yeah. So I, when we talk about like who I think should win, I think, um, the other person I would, uh, kick out is Nicole Kidman from being the Ricardo in my an impression yes. is not an Oscar conversation. Especially like kind of only an okay one. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I don't want to, I let her live her life. I also not like any of them are going to listen to this do have family members who worked on the marketing of that movie and pre Oscars. I don't want to say anything about Should, it. We can just snippy snippies. No, it's okay. I don't mind if people hear it, but um, <laughs> it just is one of those things where I'm like, just ever but- complicating Hank's job as if he is like, <laughs> no, we're he's gonna like, I it. love sound engineering. Cause it brings me, it reminds me of a memory. Um, so one thing, I don't know, I think you know this about me, Siobhan, but I don't know. I was the teen movie reviewer of the Green Bay Press Gazette when I was in middle school and high school. I did not know that at all. So I wrote movie reviews. They used to, the local newspaper used to I would send them my tickets and they would reimburse me and I would write um, movie reviews uh, in, the, in the Green Bay Press Gazette. Some of them still exist somewhere. I, I know my mom saved a bunch of them, um, but I got like vaguely kind of, my mom got a phone call from a family member of mine being like, hey, just a reminder that a lot of us work in this industry and Claire is writing some pretty incendiary things in the Green Bay Press Gazette. And not to censor. Oh my God. And I I remember being like, oh yeah, I have to be kind of mindful. Uh, And I haven't really had the opportunity to need to be mindful, but now. So to answer your original question though, who do I think is going to win the Oscar? That leaves us with Kristen Stewart from Spencer. Um, Which is also an impression. So she's out de facto. De facto. I think this is a good one, but I think of all the Dianas. I also have a whole other hill that someday we'll talk about like what I think is gross about like Diana culture, um, in media. I just uh, don't care about the Roy, you know, you I know, know my which is why I want to talk about it, but okay. So Kristen Stewart for me, I say impression is not Oscar. Um, that's that I did not see Spencer. And I think maybe this is one of those performances from what I've heard that would transcend that. Cause I do think there are exceptions mm. to every rule leaving Penelope Cruz and parallel mothers and Olivia Coleman of the lost daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I would love if Olivia Coleman won, cause I think she's a genius. Like I just love her, but I think if we are thinking Jessica Chastain wins this Oscar as sort of a almost lifetime achievement Oscar, right? Like Leo winning for the Revenant. Did Leo DiCaprio need an Oscar for the Revenant? In no. my opinion, no, but did his 
other works deserve one that he didn't get it. Yeah, I do think that. And so if we are giving Jessica Chastain the Leo DiCaprio Oscar, why aren't we giving it to Penelope Cruz? Mm. Because I think Penelope Cruz is an incredible actor who probably has deserved a lot more than she's gotten. So if we're doing it to Jessica, let's do it to Penelope instead. That is I, I think that's an interesting, I like that. I think this is, this is a year and this is a category that proves why this is also a time when it's like, what a time to be, to be in a, on a podcast about this. <laughs> um, I don't care about the Oscars. <laughs> I want to care about the Oscars and I inevitably get angry about the Oscars and I always uh-huh. watch the Oscars. But I just, I don't think they actually say anything or prove anything, not even about uh, the the most popular opinion in the current moment. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a, at all a reflection even of, of how most people feel, of who most people, m- most people who have seen these movie movies think is yeah. the best actress of like, it's not even really a popularity cont- contest. Like it's not, it just is like a completely... It's like a, a, so my thing with the Oscars, right. Is that I think that unfortunately, like I'm not just how an award show works. Wait, wait, wait. And time. Wait. I also like, let me insert that. I am not contesting that they have genuine real world career repercussions Mm -hmm. for people. I am not contesting that. I just mean like my emotional and like intellectual Mm buy-in like fluctuates wildly because at the root of it, I'm like, I can't there. It's too arbitrary. Yeah. No, I I think that's super fair. I think my, my thought is that I, this has been the way the Oscars always have been. It's like, it just is, there's going to be something to complain about with every single Oscars in history. Oscars have been bought and paid for Oscars have been one that shouldn't have been, you know, all this stuff. You can say this from literally since day one. I think my concern with the Oscars as they are right now is that they are trying to make them um, for the general public instead of what they should be, which is for people who really like the movies and are really interested in having conversations about why we don't care about the Oscars anymore, as opposed to trying to get like views when really, you know what we want is we want to watch the acceptance speech for best editor. Like I would love to watch that. I want to watch the, the person who made like best animated short, like come talk about how much they've loved the animation their whole life and why it means something to them. I don't want to watch like Amy Schumer tell a joke that's they want to go viral. Like that's not my interest in this. And I think they'd be more successful if they leaned into the nerd of it all, but I don't know if they will. I actually know they won't. It's hard because it's also like, it's both um, a public event and also like an industry event you know what I mean it's so Mm -hmm. it's hard because on some level the purpose of Amy Schumer telling a joke should be so that like the people who are there being celebrated for their hard work on these movies have an enjoyable time but it, it it is hard to cater to both a very specific and a very broad Mm -hmm. audience at the same time so I yeah I think it's it's weird it's a strange thing I really I I really like the SAG Awards. I really like the Writers mm-hmm. Guild Awards. Like I really enjoy the smaller, um, honestly, like the guild-based awards I think yeah. are really 
interesting. Um, I agree with that. I think yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably talk about our hills if we don't want this to be a three hour long episode. Clearly we do need to I record mean, on our regular schedule because we could we have a lot to talk about. We have yeah. a lot to talk about as always. Yeah, so yeah. you just said something that made me think of my mini hill, which is okay, how great. hard it is to be vi- appeal to a very specific and also a very broad audience. Mm-hmm. This is part of the conversation that is um, around my mini hill. Um, and I was trying to think of how to phrase this. So I'm just going to say something and kind of figure out if this is my actual hill or not. But I think any controversy around the new Pixar movie turning red is like essentially straw man controversy to just talk and is all racist and misogynist trolling. Okay. So I am excited about this mini hill because it is tangentially related to my mini hill, but I have intentionally been avoiding all of the drama around turning red. So I don't know anything about it. So I can't wait for you to Hank too. I told him before the episode, I was like, I think this is going to be something about my hill. And he was like, oh, is there controversy around that? Oh, I know there's controversy, but Croy and I have been saving the movie because he's been really sick this week. So he's not like, yeah, we haven't been like watching, watching. Um, so we've been kind of saving that, that movie for a special time. And I don't want any negativity. I'm like, stay out of my bubble. Stay oh, away. God. And I'm sorry that I'm no, 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 no. This bubble. is like, a, no, this is a fun way for me to get to engage with it. So I'm ready. Okay. Well, basically what has been going on is, and I know you said you avoided it is this movie came out. Um, Turning Red, it's the new Pixar movie. It's about a, you know, young girl who um, in 2002, I think she's like 13 in two, or 11. Sorry, I should know this, but she's, you know, a young teen in 2002. So very our era, Siobhan, of timing of things. Um, and she has this kind of thing that happens that basically she turns into a big giant red panda. Um, And it is a metaphor for puberty. It is a metaphor for learning who you are. It is a metaphor for getting your period, you know, as part of puberty, it's a metaphor for all these things. Um, And I just adored it. I thought it was so funny and um, earnest. And I, the music slaps Mm. genuinely and the characters are great. Sandra Oh is incredible as the mom. Like I think her voice acting is so good in this. I loved all of them. Um, and it's funny and horny as all hell. And like, ah! just, I loved it. I really, you Siobhan are really going to love this. I can't wait. You know, I, I love weird teen. I love weird teens. Like yes. just let teens be teens, man. Yeah. And I will tell you this by the end, I truly was sobbing about like, cause it's about, I don't Fuck even yes. know. Fuck healing your inner up. child and like it really and your mothers and daughters and uh you know relationships of like generational trauma it just really made me sob after this like very funny charming movie so the controversy around it has been um twofold right like the first part which was kind of the first wave was there a couple of reviews that came out that said something to the effect of um I think there's on it was basically something to the effect of this movie is too specific. I was bored because I didn't understand the references. Um, Hmm. yes. And not great. Uh, not great at all because I think this idea of it's hard to walk the balance of being very specific and very universal. It's only hard if you're not being honest, if you're being honest, 
in your specificity, that is the most universal thing you can do, in my opinion, in art. And I think that this movie does that really, really beautifully. I never once felt left out. I never once felt like this story wasn't for me. I felt like it was, um, I saw myself in a lot of parts of it and the parts I didn't, I was, it was lovely and fun and, and great to watch almost Miyazaki level love of food Mm. and animation. Like there's this incredible scene where the dad is cooking and I was like, Oh, this is, this is the good stuff. Um, so that is wave one. So did you hear about that kind of part of it at all? No, but the other, the other layer on this for me, Claire, is that, that it's just very telling when people say something like that, because, uh, it it reveals who they think stories are supposed to be for. Um, and if you are saying that this story is too specific, I mean, I I, just like, I'm imagining that a lot of the people saying that are white men. Um, that is exactly what it is. It's just like every story that is about a white man gets treated as if it's universal and they're not, not everybody is a white man. Not everybody grows up that way. Not everybody Mm -hmm. experiences life that way. Those stories are not universal. Mm -hmm. And we, the rest of us who are not white men have been asked to watch those stories and see ourselves in them since the beginning of time. And we have done that. Mm-hmm. So fucking buckle up dudes <laughs> and grow an imagination and yes. grow some fucking empathy. It's really not, it's not hard. I mean, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that is exactly right. Siobhan. That is exactly right. And that's why like I get mad at lazy storytelling when I see that, like it just, cause it's been historically how it's been, but then you watch a movie like Belfast, which is a very specific, mm-hmm. you know, growing up experience of this Irish white man and it's but it's so specific it again becomes universal Mm -hmm. about family and about Mm -hmm. when you learn things as you grow up and how that affects you and what watching your parents looks like and all this stuff right so this is what happens with turning red there's the review i'm specifically mentioning was by this guy named sean o'connell on cinema blend it's the one that went most viral it's been deleted but it is still archived Mm mm-hmm I'm big, making a shocked face. Just yes. Controversy on Twitter. So then the second wave of it is when people started watching it um, beyond critics. And what you're starting to see is Christian, uh, the Christian right, basically talking about how this movie is inappropriate and disgusting and little boys shouldn't be allowed to watch it because they reference her period that they show her disobeying her mother. Like there's so much disobeying in this. You shouldn't show your kids this there's magic. There's all, you know, and so it's become this chatter of it's inappropriate for children to talk about puberty. And it made me, it's obviously deeply angering and misogynist and just incorrect Um, and so I think as someone who watched the movie, I, I find all of this to be completely false arguments that are not about the movie. They're just, it's a lot of times there's just something that sparks, um, an ability for a shit bag to get a microphone. And I think this is what this is, is like, Mm. there's, when you watch this movie, I don't think any of it is inappropriate. I don't think talking about your period is for is inappropriate all it's a bodily function like I think 
this whole, there's a line in it where she goes, my panda, my choice. And people are like, oh my God, that's so obvious. And it's like, it is her panda and it is her choice. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, I just think it's all, none of that is a real argument. They just want to hear themselves talk and they just want to go viral and they just want to be in front of a microphone. Um, so that's my hill. The one last thing I want to leave with is, um, one of our mutual friends, Emily. Yeah. Uh, she is the audiobook narrator for the turning red like books. Um, and she's posted some great stuff about it. It's been very lovely. And she posted a really sweet thing on Facebook, basically just talking about how this, this type of controversy has come up and that she, um, disagrees and, I just think it's really lovely. And I love this. She wrote, I hope you see this movie. I hope you see yourself in it. And I just, I, I agree. And I just, it made me very happy. And thank you yeah. for writing and sharing your perspective on this. Cause I completely, I just completely agree. And that is my take. And I think everybody should watch it. It's a really fun, funny, horny little movie that may or may not make you cry. I watched it with two friends and one sobbed with me and the other one was dry eyed. So mm. Ooh, fascinating. I know. <laughs> but there we go. That's my mini hill. Mm. And I, will you please I report back when you watch it? Yes, I will. I love crying at children's movies. Coco fucks me Ugh. up. Oh my God. Sob. Sob, sob, sob. Um, Encanto fucked me up. God, I love Encanto. It was great. It's we do so talk good. about Bruno in my household. I will say it. We talk mm-hmm. about Bruno. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sing it all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't believe that's the only song really also though that's that's going so or did I miss the moment were there other songs that were yeah surface pressure surface pressure the Louisa song yeah yeah, went viral on TikTok and um the the first song the like intro song the grandkid roundup that's cute yes those have gone viral okay I'm glad those had a moment okay that's good (laughs) what's your mini hill Oh, my mini, for us? my mini hill is that if you're not listening to the Linda Lindas, you're just flat out missing out. They are so <laughs> fucking yeah. good. Um, they're so good. Yes. And I, so it's tangentially related to yours because I think a lot of people dismiss them as being like a tween girl band, but they are writing some of the best music, uh, that, that says everything that every adult is feeling and thinking, um, their new single is called talking to myself. And the lyrics, I I've listened to it like every morning. It's like, what's getting, it's like getting, it's like, what's getting me through. I don't know how these, I don't know how these tweens know so much about life, Claire, but the lyrics go, when I talk to myself, I think about the things that no one ever talks about, like how life just keeps on giving despite all my bad decisions. I'm still here and I'm still living. I used to always complain about trapped in a maze, could not get out. We're all talking to ourselves about the things we cannot help. So talk to me because I'm talking to myself. I love them. So smart. How do they know? (laughs) It's just like a great anthem of like, just, yeah, not being stuck in your own head. Um, And, and it is so universally relatable, uh, I think. Uh, And if you've never felt this way, then you are very lucky. Yeah, good for you. I, I don't know what pills you're taking or what support system you've got going on, but you should share that shit on the internet if you have never felt this way, because something is going very right for you. 
Wow. Incredible. Um, yeah. I totally yes and this. I think this is incredible. I love they the slap. They fucking slap. I'll say it. Yeah. I know they went viral for um that performance they did in the library. Do you remember this? The I think yeah. it was the LA the LA Stupid library. Racist boy. I mean, incredible. Um, but they did the songs for Moxie too, which is mm-hmm. on Netflix. And I'm like, oh my God, if this is feels very like if you are dismissing the Linda Lindas as like these little viral, you know, this little viral girl band. Like you're completely right. You you're deeply wrong. And I hope you um, are not wrong forever. And I hope you learn the error of your ways. Their last single from this album is called Growing Up. And it goes, growing up isn't something we can make happen when you want it to. But since we're all growing up together, I guess I'll grow up with you. <sighs> Come on. We can take turns taking the reins, lean on each other when we need some extra strength. We'll never cave or we'll never waver. And we'll always become braver and braver. They're so good. So much wisdom. I feel that way in my thirties, you know, like I'm still growing up, like good for them. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very good. Yeah. I love the Linda Lindas. That's my mini hill. That's a terrific one. So we've got some big hills this week. Do we? (laughs) Do we? I'm, I, I am interested and I would love to hear your big hill. No, you you must go first. I I have to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Okay. So my big hill this week um, involves one of my favorite things, but the fact that it is one of my favorite things is not the reason this hill exists. The reason this hill exists is because it is correct, which is that (laughs) the 2001 cult classic Josie and the Pussycats is the best movie made about oh I forgot that this is where we were going today (laughs) period it is the best movie ever made about music and there is nothing else to say so do you want to do your hill now because there's no argument that can be made for my hill I have to tell you that the only thing that I can think of in response to this is um Jenny Slate as Marcel Bichelle um (laughs) going some people say my shoes are too big for my head is too big for my body and I go compared to what because that's what I immediately wanted to say to you when you said what your hill is I want to go compared (laughs) compared to what Claire Reinhardt like (laughs) name a single other movie about you're saying this movie is better than eight mile like what are we saying (laughs) okay so first of all yes yes I am um, I've never seen eight mile, but <laughs> it is better I than just need, I, it's just like, that's the first movie about me. It's better than walk the line. Like, what are we saying? Yes. It's better than walk the line. That movie's not particularly good. The performances are good. <laughs> it's true. I don't even think oh Reese Witherspoon is that good in that God. movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Listen, I, I am, this is a, sometimes I have kind of a soft hill, you know, like a small hill into a valley. This is a dead ass sharp mountain. This is, that I am standing on one toe ba- like doing a ballet twirl on. This is fun for me because I have no dog in this race. Yeah. And I just think it's a really funny claim for you to make. <laughs> so <laughs> when you ask, <laughs> when you ask the question, what compared to what? Compared yeah, to compared what? to what? I actually brought this up with my coworkers. I um, thought you were gonna say therapist, and I don't <laughs> know why. <laughs> hey, Allison. I know I'm I so pay you sorry. money for this hour, but you know what? I actually would rather talk about it instead. 
Josie and the Pussycats. Um, honestly, I probably have <laughs> talked about Josie and the Pussycats in therapy, if I'm being completely honest. Oh with my myself. God. Turns out being covered in a stress rash from work, it just really makes me very fun on a podcast. <laughs> so I brought this up with my coworkers, not Allison, tragically. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the movies they brought up. So as someone without a, you know, horse in this race. I want your like immediate reaction when I say these. So these okay. were the big ones that people brought up. The number one thing that like the number one movie people brought up when I brought this up was um, This is Spinal Tap. Haven't seen it. Oh. Wow. Weirdly, does not surprise me. Didn't know it was about music. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pop culture podcast. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Let's go. Okay. What's the next one? Okay. I already have a movie that I disagree with you about. So I, I right, hope it's on the list. Okay. Another one is the other top one is almost famous. Haven't seen it. <gasps> Knew it was about music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's about music. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's my response to this. Cause I think, um, unfortunately a lot of other people who are listening <laughs> to this podcast have seen almost famous. And I think some of them, if I had to guess are going, Oh, probably true I think almost famous is better it's better yeah my first answer is to those people my first question is have you seen Josie and the the (laughs) Pussycats my second question is when when's the last time you watched Josie and the Pussycats and my third question is um is that the best movie about music or is that just a really good movie about characters that happen to be in the, in like the music industry? Cause I would say the latter, I don't think it's as much about music as Josie and the Pussycats is. It's also, you know, Josie and the Pussycats is still better than almost famous. I think I'm going to win. Okay. What's your, what's the next, third one? Next one on the list. There's a few more. Um, I heard inside Lewin Davis. Haven't seen that one either. No. <laughs> That one I've heard the music from, though. I know that soundtrack. Music very slaps. Well. Yeah. Oscar Isaac. Super slaps. As, I've as heard a lot of people say it's pretty be. boring. I mean, I loved it. I was a person who loved it. That said, I have like a slow it in a inside rainy day movie, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. You just have to be do down you feel to live in it. You know, <laughs> it's you have to want to live in the environment of a movie for a few hours. Yeah. It's not a movie that I would love for you to like be on your phone on and watch because it's a really like, beautiful unfurling meditation on this era in New York and this time and, and art. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. I should rewatch it. Not as good as Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. The other thing I will say, the other one I heard is a star is born. No, not Thank that you. one. It's not as good as, I mean, nope. that one is not as good as Josie and the Pussycats. Like not just, as good as Josie and the Pussycats. And not even really one, about music as much about music. I would argue just about one person's one, career. Oops. I agree. Just like, um, walk the line or Ray, sure. like those sure, movies sure. I stand by. Those are more about the person than the music. Um, the only one that vaguely competes for me is pop star. Never stop. Never stopping, which uh, Incredible I have a movie. challenge for you. I have a challenge for you. Have you seen pop star never stop, never stopping, which no. is the lonely Island parody of the Justin Bieber movie. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. Okay. It, honestly, right. put it on your list. It is so funny. It is really one of those movies that kind of was like, no one knew what to do with it when it came out. And I am, I am telling you it is hysterical. That said, mm-hmm. I stand for Josie and the pussycats. So what is your response to my argument? once no yes no 
Yes. What's about music? I understand. I think the love story in that movie that is told through their music is more interesting than that being a movie about music. No. I listen, I love once. I think once is one of my, I know every word to that soundtrack. I've seen Glenn Hansard in concert like five times. I love this movie. I've seen it on Broadway. I will fight for this movie. It is not a better movie about music than Josie and the Pussycats. Period. End of story. Why? <laughs> Go further. So what I, I will return say... to my no horse in the race, but now. <laughs> no, explain. you've got a bit of a horse in this race now. Now you're like, you, now you, you can fight about this. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> What's the thing I didn't want to fight about over text? And then I was like, I do want to fight. That um, Thanos was right. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> just genocide it's fine <laughs> like who gets to decide that's fucked anyways all right so uh malia that was for you <laughs> i mean like no malia please come on the podcast i want to fight but like you're gonna lose terrific uh i can't wait okay. i actually would pay big I, that is not a bad idea to have her on the podcast to fight for whether thanos is right i would i would listen to that, that. and then uh, bonus points of her daughter chloe comes on to fight for it as well Anyway, so the reason I say Josie and the Pussycats is a better movie about music than the movie once Mm -hmm. is that I think the layers that exist in the Josie and the Pussycats movie that are about the music industry, there are more layers to that than there are in once. I think the music objectively in once is better. And I, I listen to the once soundtrack all the time. I listen to Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack. But doesn't that mean that once is more about music? And Josie and the Pussycats is more about the music industry. Oh, that is a fair point. But I, when I talk about- Because once is about like the experience of like writing music and like what that means to, to the artist and like how it happens. Like what is the music? Where do you get it? And how do you like make it? True. I think, so when I think about music, I'm like, it's kind of like if you were to say like, it's about cooking or is it about the restaurant industry? And I think the restaurant industry is under cooking. And so I think when I talk music, I think the music industry is under music. So that is what answers that question in that um, every part of that movie is meant to call out something different about either the creation of music, music industry itself, the music itself being absolutely phenomenal. Like that soundtrack is absolutely just banger after banger. Um, like the, uh, all of the, um, product placement that exists in Josie and the Pussycats, mm-hmm. which is in every frame of that movie, which by the way, none of it, they were paid for. <laughs> they were just given, they asked, they just used all this stuff and asked permission if they could use it and didn't ask for payment, which like, if you can imagine doing that now, like, entirely different universe they did it all for free because not everybody was like I guess that's fine like you just want to put our logo in it sure go for it mm-hmm. um that would not happen now with the like contracts and like uh stipulations that go into this stuff but I think the from that to the actual soundtrack being legitimately good terrific music sung by musicians mm-hmm. the lead singer in a Parks and Rec called back of letters to Cleo is the voice of Josie on the Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack. So Ben Wyatt is probably a Josie and the Pussycats movie stan, which only strengthens my argument, I would argue. Okay. 
So king once, of the music industry, Ben Wyatt. <laughs> Titan of industry, Ben Wyatt. Um, so I think here's the thing. I am soft, softening my thing because once is, I just, I love that movie so much. I love that soundtrack. I love it all. I, I once brought it in high school to a sleepover and I was the only one that watched it. Um, so that says anything about me as a human. Um, you've said it previously on the podcast, so yeah, it is what it is. Um, uh, but Not I that think story, just, just the type of human I am. People yeah, get it. We, I'm, we know. I tell a We're lot here. of stories. This is, I like, mean, right there with you, you know? Yep. My um, favorite so, sleepovers were to get books and then we would spend the sleepovers reading. Oh man, that was the best effort in New Harry Potter. My friend mm-hmm. Katie Gast and I used to do that. We'd like we used go to, to the midnight party. Donuts, like, yep. And then we'd read the books all night and I was faster than her. So I'd be like, and I don't mean like cold Krispy Kreme. I mean like hot off the little conveyor belt, the good shit. Okay. For free. When you walk in the door and those little hats. Remember watching them go through the, uh, over the conveyor belt. Yes. Where is the nearest Krispy Kreme? All right. Well, I've got a mission for after the podcast. Uh, You're also welcome. If Krispy Kreme, if you're listening, please sponsor us. I'll talk about your glazed donuts on a podcast any day of the week but here's the thing i only like them hot so you've got to figure out how to get them to me hot. yeah at crispy cream <laughs> off the conveyor belt Listen into up. my waiting hand <laughs> uh this is unhinged energy on the pod today i'm sorry I'm y'all. no i nice. are you kidding me i've told about 15 tangents i also i wish that you i wish that we were a visual medium just for the like lulls of <laughs> yeah um your Siobhan aesthetic right versus mine your aesthetic versus mine right now Beautiful, stunning, iconic. Uh, so, I mean, listen, I'm softening on my thing because I also love Once, but I think yeah. that the, I don't think of that movie as being about music as much as I do Josie and the Pussycats. I think that okay. movie is about two musicians falling in love. And you're right that the way they express that really beautifully, the process of them falling in love and, and not, you know, spoiler alert, you know, not ending up together. Stunning, beautiful. S- incredible I may go watch that today and you know what if I change my mind I will change my mind but Josie and the Pussycats is one of my favorite movies of all time I literally cyber bullied the music box theater into screening it which then ended up with the directors of the movie at the music box doing this and I did interact with them on Twitter and Um, didn't you almost miss it because you moved across the country yeah they the first they did it twice so the first one they did that that I legitimately cyber bullied into fruition and then the other one was literally three days before I left Chicago. <laughs> literally, I was I was like, I can't believe the timing of this. Like, this is, you know, bad. well, perfect. A, I mean, I did out. it. I went with our friend Jen and she took a picture of me with little cat ears. And I I've had a Josie and the Pussycat shirt from my friend Andrew. And I up, had Andrew, a friend of the pod, friend, friend of the, the deep pod. friend of a pod who also was very interested in my take on the Jessica Chastain thing after that post today. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Josie, if you haven't, here's the thing. My last PSA is if I, you know, me and I haven't forced you to watch Josie and the Pussycats yet. If you love me, you will do it. Um, there is no, truly that movie, everything about it is incredible. I will give a content warning for some body stuff because it is the early two thousands. Um, mm-hmm. so that is the thing when I rewatch it, that sticks out to me because I'm like, Ooh, yeah. we don't need to talk about the number on the scale, man. But 
Parker mm-hmm. Posey is truly unhinged in that movie. It, there is no one funnier on the planet than Parker Posey. And you put her in this role, which apparently she's really, I, I mean, that is as the highest compliment, the like, highest compliment. She is, Fiona, like she is the inspiration for the um, Elizabeth Banks in Hunger Games. Like she has, <laughs> like she's the foundation for Effie, like Parker Posey walked so that Elizabeth Banks could run. I completely agree on everything. There's just nobody, nobody better. Her and Alan Cummings are incredible. Rosario Dawson. We're talking all the cameos in it. The music is so good. I do own it on vinyl, as mentioned. And there is a video of me and my friend from elementary school, Caitlin, that submitted to like Cosmo Girl magazine a music video of us singing along to Josie and the Pussycats and (gasps) she sent it to me once I think it's lost to the abyss but Kate if you're listening and you have that video from your mom somewhere please send it again please Um, send it please because it is very questionable but her and I to this day will text each other about Josie and the Pussycats um and it was a uh not successful originally became a cult classic and I just you gotta watch it it's so funny and the music is terrific and uh it is i will stand by this the best movie about music Mm. in the history of film and that is my hill this week that is the hill Mm -hmm. wow all right challenge accepted i mean not accepted i mean i (laughs) i will let you win this one thank you thank you i think you win all right so what do you got for us this week all right, so this was originally uh, like just a, a wee hill for me, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't really haven't really checked up on it since I wrote it as a wee hill. But okay. I I stand by it, and I think it it is interesting enough to talk about as a main hill, um, mostly because all my other plans the shit just hit the fan. Um, this wordle controversy of yesterday of yesterday. <laughs> was the funniest thing of all time to me because it just was a masterclass in confirmation bias and nobody could nobody could get out of it and I I thought it was <laughs> truly fucking hilarious so um there is a tweet by this guy on Twitter MJ Shally who um just explains <laughs> how Wordle works it's just like look they bought Wordle New York Times bought Wordle from its creator Josh Wardle who made it as a computer program like an algorithm or whatever sorry I don't mm-hmm. know enough about how this works <laughs> the right words but what is sorry. that you know what I'm saying um and they have there's like a list you can just look up and you always have been able to look up what the Wordle words are there's just mm-hmm. it just exists right mm-hmm. um since the New York Times purchased it, people have been feeling like it's harder. Yes. And they have decided that it's because the New York Times has made it made it harder. harder. Uh, and they haven't. They have not added any new words to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they actually removed words that they thought would be too challenging, um, which is annoying in its own way. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that people are feeling this way because of their pre-existing bias towards the New York Times, which is that the New York Times is like this elitist, pretentious, 
or even just it's a corporation that bought right. a small exactly thing. yeah yeah but I think a lot of it is about like east coast elitism sure. like oh fuck the new york times right like mm-hmm. um <laughs> there there are so many funny layers to this to this twitter thread um so the first one is just that so yes so like yes the words have potentially gotten harder not because the new york times has deliberately made it harder but just because uh this is the way the program was always going to work if they yeah. had never bought the program it would still or the the yeah the computer program like it would still be just as hard as it is because do you know how many fucking five letter words there are <laughs> some of them are really going to come out of left field you know what i mean like yes. you're not going to know all of them um you're not so i think i think it's really funny that people have spiraled out in this way uh but this twitter thread takes so many strange turns first of all mj shally then he tries to make this larger comparison to people who believe conspiracy theories and he's like see confirmation bias word all blah 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 it's the same thing as conspiracy theories which like he's he's not totally wrong it is (laughs) it is at the core of it the same concept because people who believe conspiracy theories back up their conspiracy theory belief by searching for information that proves their conspiracy theories are true right? Like that's how it works. So it is the same thing, confirmation bias. Air quotes. But it's not actually the same thing. But in the middle of this, there's also this tweet that is truly just the most, I think it's the most American tweet I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't even know if this person is American, but kudos to you. (laughs) Gives America energy. Yeah. Oh, did I not save the actual tweet? What uh, there is a tweet responding to this whole thing where somebody is just like, whatever. I didn't want to read your whole explanation about this because it was too long, but I still think the New York Times made it harder because my my personal experience is that it just has been more difficult lately. (laughs) (laughs) This is so American to just be like, thank you for presenting me with hard facts. I will not not read read it, and I will instead insist that I am right. So I think that this is funny but, because my like core as somebody who used to play Wordle, I like got into it kind of late and then immediately it sold to the New York times. And then I switched over and I have two theories about this, but my gut, my, like the invisible string of my heart is pulling me to it's, it's got worse when it went to the New York times. It just is because I'm not saying it hasn't gotten worse. (laughs) I'm saying it's not because of the New York times. That's no, I have a theory. My only thought is that this is the difference between a human made algorithm and a robot algorithm that, but that doesn't make any sense. But it's the same algorithm. It's been the same one since. Well, the only difference that I can think of is the way that the guy who originally created Wordle created the list was he pulled all of them and then had his partner, his, I think his wife go through and play it. And anytime she thought a word was like impossible or not good, she would like delete it. So that's how a lot of those words originally got removed is she, it was a personal, like a real person going through every single word and saying, yes, no, yes, no. So I know that the New York times took that list, put some words took more words into the bad column from that list. And I'm sure maybe moved one or two back or whatever it is. Um, no, they only took words out. They great. Not so they only words. took more words out. They uh, didn't add. And it's back. something like six words. Yeah. 
So the only thing I can think of is that that algorithm, which had been started by one person had like perfected to the point of making it. So there wouldn't be like two double letter words on consecutive days and things like that, even though I'm sure that did happen. It did because the list that the New York times is using, you can check it. It is the same list that was lined up day for day with the exception of the days that are shifted forwards because of the subtraction of six words. It is the same exact order that it was on his end. Like it is the, they, they are doing everything exactly the same. Nothing has changed. Then there this you go. This was always the that order was that only, was only that in. was the only thing I could think of is like yeah. maybe that is the reason that it was like a disruption in the algorithm. Do I know computers? No. Do I know what an algorithm is? Not really. So listen, I'm I'm in the camp that of people that you don't like. All I can say. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not saying I don't like. I just think it's. I think it's really funny. I mean. I, I have a lot of experience with confirmation bias because of my, of a former job that I had, right? Like it is a really hard thing to combat. It's a really hard thing to combat in yourself. The moment I have an opinion about something, I open up the internet and I look for confirmation of my opinion. I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm going to go and find something that proves that it's bullshit. Right. Like I, that is, it's human research for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Like we all want to be right. And we all have gut instincts and intuition and like knee jerk reactions to things. And like, it's, it's fine. It's, it's just yeah. funny to be confronted with cold, hard evidence and still be like, no. Yep, exactly. And that is how I feel. I think the vibes are off. Yeah. I think the I vibes, mean, the vibes are, are off. Are off. The and this Times. is the thing. I'm not saying it hasn't changed since the New yes. York Times took it over. I'm saying it's pure coincidence yes. and it's not the New York Times and any institution bought it. Not anything else. Correct. It's just yeah. vibes. So that is uh, good. I'm glad we agree. The cure for confirmation bias is just holding duality in your brain. (laughs) God forbid. (laughs) You know, I hate this thing and it makes me angry. And also it turns out the root cause of it is not what I thought. Um, (laughs) That's a great hill. I agree with that. Thank you for bringing us there and through it. Do people still play Wordle? I've noticed the the tweets of people putting their Wordle score has dropped off. There is a new one that is really hard in a way that's not fun for me called Hurdle. Oh, the music one. I haven't played it. I'm not interested. I think that Wordle is fun because this is the other thing that I think is super American about the whole Wordle thing is that like. For me, what's interesting about Wordle and what was enjoyable was the experience of like puzzling out what the word could be, even Mm -hmm. if it was a word I didn't know. It didn't feel like a vocabulary test. I never felt like, and I still feel this way on the New York Times. Like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to know what the word means in order to guess what the word is. Like, you just have to figure out what letters go together. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, So I I I really liked that you know, in high this class I took in high school, I forget the name of it. And any like South green Bay Southwest alumni who remember this class, it was essentially, it was in middle school. It was in eighth grade. And it was like an elective, um, that I think qualified for like an English credit that was just games like this, like the entire class, every, our homework was to do like word games and things like that. And all and that was the entire class it feels like a fever dream now to imagine that was an entire like half of a year that I did this but I like that scratches a little part of my brain it's a reason I play like dumb games on my phone like the little matching tile games and stuff I can play for like 
just go dead eyed and be like, match, 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 match. Because I'm like, Ooh, look at this scratches my brain. Let's see how I can like move my brain in a way that I don't like sending my silly little emails at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my hit. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess my larger hill is like, why do you take it so personally when <laughs> Wordle tells you that you don't know it? Like that was the other part that was really funny is people spiraling out yeah. about not knowing words. And it's like, dude, you just didn't know the word. It is not a big deal. You are the only person who's making this a thing. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of class-based based assumptions about the word when people were getting the words wrong. It was very interesting. A lot of like, how would I know that word if I didn't work at Home Depot kind of a statement mm-hmm. being thrown around. <laughs> like a lot of just some very interesting language being used. Mm-hmm. Um, words do not have class like words like yeah. words I don't know I thought it was very wild to me to to uh because w- from both ends right the like um yeah like that kind of like highbrow uh, dismissal of words that you don't know because they're what like too co- too common for you like yeah. you don't know it because you've Gross. never worked at a Home Depot right but then in the other direction like as if it would be somehow inappropriate for you to know that word because a certain word only belongs to a certain class of people. Like that bothers me too. They both, yes. both directions really rub me the wrong way, you know? Um, and there's a lot to be said for like access to education and, and stuff like that. And I'm not a lot to be said. I'm not on that hill today. Um, not today, honey, not today. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's really interesting when people take vocabulary that personally, <laughs> like sometimes you just don't know words. I don't know. And it's also funny thinking about this I don't think we posted this hill yet, but we have this one like kind of lost audio episode where Siobhan <laughs> talks about the dictionary and like the words that have been added. And I think yeah. this linguistics hill is uh, a very fun one for you. So thank you yeah. for sharing. You're welcome. I have so many linguistic hills. I've been learning Irish on Duolingo and it's just a better <laughs> language than English. I'll say it. <laughs> Listen, most, I would, I would argue most languages make more sense and are better than English. It's really beautiful. The really problem with Duolingo is that they do not teach you grammar at all. So sure. you, <laughs> it's kind of just like vocabulary. And then those, and then Irish is really, the grammar is really specific and not at all like English. And so sometimes you get thrown a curveball that you could have seen coming if you knew the grammatical reasoning behind the way things are, but Duolingo doesn't teach you any of that. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you like say something in Irish, like a word or anything? I can say goodbye. Let's hear it. Oh, let's do it. Good time. Yeah. All right. So goodbye is slan. Slan. Do you have to do like a little hand to goodbye when you say it? No, but I do it because it slán. reminds me that there's an accent over the A. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, thank you to everybody who has subscribed and downloaded. I think especially after a couple of weeks off, it will make a big difference if you're able to leave a review or post about us on your Instagram story. We had a friend, mm-hmm. a new friend on the podcast who um, wrote us a very nice thing in her Instagram stories. Oh, yeah, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Jessica. Thank you for listening. I hope you're still listening because we're happy to have you. And to my mother, uh, who knows that I don't call her enough and uses this podcast to say this is how she listens to my voice. I love Come you. Come on, Nancy. I, know. I love you. What a uh, and I appreciate Please. the guilt <laughs> you put on me. 
in theory, facetiously in practice, maybe less facetiously. And I will get a phone call about this comment now on the podcast. Well, Hey, I have to say we are recording this episode the day before my mother's birthday, but I don't know when she'll listen to it in relation to that. So both happy early birthday and happy belated birthday to my mother. Terrific. um, Who I will not be celebrating with because she is on your side of the country. I know. Well, <laughs> come hang out with us out here. We'd love to have you. And everybody all else, right. we'd love to see you on our Instagram. Um, again, a share means a lot and all this stuff. You'll hear it on every podcast, but we are not sponsored. We're just two pals. So if you like us, you can be our pal too. Oh, I have to say, throw it back to an earlier episode. I got something in the mail from you a couple of weeks ago. <gasps> oh my goodness. Some very cool stickers that I can't wait to throw all over the place. Ah! Yes. I did have a couple of people text me, be like, hey, thanks for the call out on your podcast. I've had the stickers in my house. Yeah. I like had two different people be like, thank you for reminding me to say thank you. I, and I was like, it wasn't I when I had sent it or when That's I not recorded what you that. that. That it wasn't was, what it was. They hadn't been delivered yet. And so it's not a big deal. You never yeah. have to to my friends who did text me about that. That is really funny because we did record it. And that was kind of when you were like, oh, cool. I was kind of tracking when they are getting delivered by checking in in this way. And then now, then we dropped it long enough after they had been delivered. (laughs) Yes, it was, it felt more passive aggressive than I meant it to be. And so I apologize. All right. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.